if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Nine minutes after 10 o'clock, and hour number two is underway. Thanks for being with us. AM 1420, The Answer. Good Monday to you. The eighth morning of the second month of the year of our Lord, 2021. I want to go back to the Cory Bush story to start this hour because I, I mean, I just, there, there are some things that are just, you know, beyond the pale, if you will. They, you just cannot process, you cannot understand. Cory Bush is calling for the rioters at the Capitol building on January 6th to be held accountable to the fullest extent of the law. It doesn't matter what they were rioting over. It doesn't matter what their cause was. They were violent rioters, and they should be held accountable. Okay, I'm okay with that if it is applied in all instances, which is what I do. I'm okay with calling for people to be held accountable by the law for any violence that they commit. Any vandalism of public buildings or of private buildings, for that matter, any burning that they do, any of the things that we see happen in BLM, Antifa riots, in uh, uh, the Capitol riot, you name it, I am for the punishment of those involved, and I condemn all political violence, and I I condemn all riots, I condemn all anarchy. But here you have a member of the squids, uh, Cory Bush, Democrat from Missouri, who says that those capital rioters must be held accountable and she wants no unity at all with any who would incite such violence. Then she sees the violent riots, three of them in the last month and a half, in uh, St. Louis, Missouri, her district, and she tweets that a riot is the language of the unheard. She tweeted this, a riot is the language of the unheard, defending the riots because their cause must have made them do it. They can't be heard any other way, so they tore the place apart and attacked people. Isn't that similar to what happened on January 6th at the Capitol building? A bunch of people who felt like their voices weren't being heard got violent. And they are no more justified, but no less excused than those in the, the BLM riots or at this prison riot. She actually tweeted, I want to talk to my constituents in the window. It's a picture of the prisoners all in the windows that they had smashed out. Their lives and their rights must be protected. She is more concerned about the rights of the criminals than she is of their victims. And how can I make such a blanket statement, you ask? 
Well, I think I'm pretty safe in doing so. Last month, Cori Bush, the same woman, the same member of the Squids, which is the far-left radical socialist um, congressional women in the uh, Democrat side, on January 19th, she tweeted the following. Quote, The 13 people murdered by Trump's death row killing spree. Daniel Lee Wesley, Perky Dustin Honkin, Lesmond Mitchell, Keith Nelson, William uh, LaCroix Jr., uh, Christopher Vialva, Orlando Hall, Brandon Bernard, Alfred Bourgeois, Lisa Montgomery, Corey Johnson, Dustin Higgs. Say their names. All right? She tweeted the names of 13 death row inmates who were executed during President Trump's term and called them being murdered, said they were murdered by Trump's killing spree. And she wants you to say their names. Well, I just did say their names. And now I'm going to say their crimes. One of them is a white supremacist murderer. One was a violent rapist and murderer. You have a child murderer and drug trafficker. A man who murdered a grandmother and a young child. Another child murderer, child rapist, and child torturer. A child molester, rapist, and murderer. Two men who murdered youth ministers. A drug trafficker who kidnapped and raped an honor roll student and later buried her while she was still alive. A man who abused, tortured, and just murdered his two-year-old daughter. A man who murdered seven people. A man who kidnapped and murdered three women. Three. A woman who murdered a pregnant woman, cut open the woman's body, and kidnapped the baby. She wants you to say the names of these subhumans. She wants you to grieve for their executions, for their horrific crimes. Not once did she tweet a word about the names of any of the victims that I just described to you. Not one syllable of concern for the victims of violent crime. She is Cori Bush. She is a liberal, radical, socialist Democrat, and she doesn't give a rat's red A about victims. She cares about the criminals. She cares about the murderers, the rapists, the torturers. She wants you to feel for them. Say their names, she tweeted. Say their names. And the violent criminals and criminals in the St. Louis jail listen to their, their, their pain and their anguish. Their riot was a voice of the unheard. I got a memo for this piece of Missouri. I've got a memo for Cory Bush from the very same speech in which Martin Luther King declared that a riot is the voice of the unheard. 
In that very same speech, Martin Luther King also said this, Riots are socially destructive and self-defeating. So I will continue to condemn riots and continue to say to my brothers and sisters that this is not the way and continue to affirm that there is another way. Liberal Democrats who apologize for, protect, and defend violent, violent, dangerous people while ignoring the suffering of their victims will be the end to this great experiment that we call a republic. They will be the end of it. When they have the power to turn the keys to all of these cells and allow all of these violent rioters, including the ones on death row, rioters, killers, murderers, assaulters, when they are allowed to turn the key and turn them all loose on society at the same time that they continue to diminish defund and attempt to abolish the police this republic will be gone so while she tells you to say their names i want to tell you on live radio say her name say cory bush identify her recognize her as one of those trying to destroy the great republic in which you live and she's doing so unapologetically. It's 1017. We'll take our time out now. Come right back. Your calls on AM 1420, The Answer. If you could read my mind, love, what would it tell my thoughts? Ten twenty-two now. The Bob France Authority on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. <clears throat> you want to get into any of these issues we've talked about today? By all means, uh, hit us up right now. Let's go to uh, Jan, who's in Greater Cleveland. Jan, you're on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Go ahead. Hi, Bob. I don't think uh, Corey Bush knew, bothered to find out any of the crimes that those people committed. She just latched onto something to, you know, to uh, get popular, get her name thrown around, and she's hoping she'll stay uh, in her cozy comfort zone and uh, and have her pension for the rest of her life because she managed to uh, win a seat in, in Congress. Uh, that's just something they latch on to because it's uh, hate Trump hype, hype. It's all hype, emotion, and yeah, 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 and ignorant, uninformed people get behind the bandwagon, and they really don't care. They, they, it's self-interest. I really think, uh, uh, what's her name, AOC, I wish she would sit down with somebody really intelligent so we could find out just how ignorant she is about a lot of things and not just, her, uh, not just the disposal. And getting on to what you talked about earlier, I don't know if you heard uh, uh, the guy before you. Uh, Hugh? Uh, Hewitt. Hugh? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, uh, he uh, 
said that, well, someone actually called in and said with the $1.9 uh, trillion uh, bailout, there would be enough money for uh, over $6,000. 6000 per person. Yeah, I, I heard it. For every man, woman, and child. Well, where that money is going, it's not for your child. Your child is going to pay into government pensions. People work there 30 years and uh, then coast the rest of their life at the expense of people uh, who uh, struggle to uh, make a living in the uh, private sector. And it's, it's unfair, I believe, government pensions, except for maybe they'd have a union for because police, uh, people read their badges and they get sued a lot. Government pensions should be illegal. And that's all I got to say today, Bob. All right, well, thank you, Jan. Jan, I appreciate it. I'm probably not going to hit on the government pension part of that uh, conversation, but I'll say this, and thank you for the call. Um, with respect to the whole idea of giving everybody $6,000, every man, woman, and child, see, that's just as obscene and stupid as, as spending the $1.9 trillion the way that they're going to. Because guess what? Not every man, woman, and child in this country needs $6,000. There are many men, women, and child in this country who would be very well served getting $60,000, not six. But why would you give $6,000 to you know people making over $100,000 a year or $200,000 a year or $250,000 as a couple? And oh no, I mean, I'm not calling for you know a new wealth tax. Don't get me wrong at all. But I'm saying if we're going to give money away out of the government coffers which is, by the way, your money anyway, because any money that they propose to give you in terms of COVID relief or stimulus is your money anyway. It's taxes collected from you that they're going to turn around and give some of back to you. Why would some of those go to the very wealthiest among us? They, don't have, no, they have no need for it. The money needs to be distributed. If there is going to be money, it needs to be distributed only in the areas of rebuilding the businesses that that were destroyed during the pandemic because of the lockdowns and because of the riots all summer long. Put, if any of our tax dollars are going to be handed from the government back to us, it should go to the people who employ us so that they can then, and then all restrictions, all 25% capacity seating and 50% capacity, no crowds bigger than 15 and all of the crap that we have been dealing with because of the ridiculous reaction to the pandemic, that's what crushed this economy. Lift them all and let people go back to work. I mean, the vast majority of Americans, the overwhelming, 97% of Americans who wanted jobs had jobs before the pandemic struck. The unemployment rate under Donald Trump was down around 3%, which is insane. Unemployment rate for blacks, for Hispanics, you know the numbers by now, for women, for uh, students, for the handicapped, or the differently abled, take your PC stuff off someplace. But all of those specific demographics, uh, uh, demographics rather, um, the, the unemployment rates were all-time lows. And the overall rate, lowest in 50-plus years. We don't need government handouts to stimulate the economy. We need our jobs back. So if the government's got money to spend, spend it on our businesses. Get people back to work. Get businesses opened. Get people back on their own earning basis. They will be able to take care of themselves. 
We do not live in a totalitarian society in which people's personal individual liberties are limited by a government who wants to be providing for them so that people are subservient and beholden to them. This is not a socialist uh, country. This is not a a, a communist uh, nation. We are a free republic. And we don't need government handing us things that we can't even afford to, to, to spend anyway. Just let us go back to work. Let us do our jobs. Let us do what we do. I think it was Ronald Reagan who said, government can never, and I'm paraphrasing, obviously, government can never, ever possibly make as good of decisions on what to do with your money than you will. We know how to handle our money better than the government ever could, so stop taking so much of it from us and then purporting to dole it out back to us as you think we need it. Charlie is calling us from uh, Akron on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Charlie, go ahead. Hi, Bob. I just, uh, I'm sorry I didn't listen to the show today, uh, but I I wondered, did you see the uh, Mike Lindell um, video over the weekend? I did not. I mean, I saw it. I have not watched it yet, but I know that it is has already been removed from YouTube and Vimeo. I think it's been downloaded and uploaded in a couple of other places. Somebody sent me a copy of it, but I have not yet watched it. Right. Well, I would just recommend uh, the audience to, uh, you know, try to try to watch it. the The main thing is is that, you know, we're not really going to overturn this election. We got to face that fact. But uh, going forward. Uh, you know, we, we really need to look into how uh, our votes are being tallied and who has access to that information before it, you know, hits the uh, Electoral College. So, now that's just, that's just what I wanted to say. People really need to look at that. There, there was definitely some outside influence in what was going on in our elections. So. I, uh, without having, Charlie, thank you for the call, my friend. I appreciate it. Without having seen Mike's video, I am aware of many of the allegations that are contained in it and uh, some of the evidence that he that he shows. Um, the only thing that I can say is if the corruption in the electoral process is not fixed, we will have only ourselves to blame. Republicans control 31 out of the 50 state legislatures. Did you know that? Republicans control 31 out of the 50 state legislatures. Democrats control 19 of them. Election policy in election um, law, essentially, is made at the state level. If we can't get our Republican legislatures to change the way votes are tallied, tabulated, counted, and reported then we have only ourselves to blame. There isn't a magic bullet that can be you know, uh, fired in Washington that will fix all of this. We, it has to be done at the state level. If 31 different Republican legislatures don't change their election laws in order to make sure that the same type of corruption that you're talking about that's in this video, which, again, I've heard of but not watched personally yet, um, then we have ourselves to blame. We're not doing enough. My friends, I can't say that any more plainly. You don't want to have the next round of election stolen from you it's time to get to your legislatures, it's time to get your representatives, and it's time to, to fix things. We have it within our own power. I'll be right back. Progressive Democrats, please be aware you have now entered the place where political correctness goes to die. 
This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. 1036 now we continue. AM 1420, the answer. I want to follow up on something that I I did with uh, Jim Jordan back in the first uh, hour of the program. I played a clip for him of... uh, of a politician. Let, 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 me, let me try to do this in reverse, just for fun, for the sake of this, this conversation. If a Republican member of the Senate, or maybe even better, if President Donald J. Trump had stood on the steps of the Supreme Court of the United States of America building... And shout it into a microphone in front of a throng of supporters. The following words, what do you think would have happened? Quote, I want to tell you, Sotomayor, I want to tell you, Kagan, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. They're going to try to impeach for the second time in a trial, try to convict Donald J. Trump for quote-unquote inciting an insurrection by telling a crowd of people who gathered to see him in Washington, D.C. to peacefully and patriotically cheer on senators who are arguing a constitutional uh, you know, principle about certification of an election while election irregularities and questions still existed. All he did was tell them to peacefully and patriotically cheer on their, their, their senators, their brave senators and members of Congress, right? He's being impeached for that because that incited an insurrection. What would have happened if Donald Trump had said what I just said on the steps of the Supreme Court? You think they'd impeach him for that? You better believe they would. And for that one, they might rewrite. They might have a point. How can those words be perceived as anything other than a threat to the safety of those Supreme Court justices? What does it mean to say you won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions? What does it mean to say you will pay the price? Now, if you say those words about a member of Congress, you might say, well, you know what I meant. We're going to vote you out. You will pay the price politically. We're going to vote you out of office. You won't know what hits you when the landslide of, of voters gets rid of you next time you're up for re-election. You could argue that that's what the threat would mean. But when you're talking about Supreme Court justices, they're not elected. They don't face the vote of the people. They are appointed, and once they are confirmed, they are there for life, or until they choose to resign or retire. So you cannot argue that if you, if you threaten sitting members of the Supreme Court, standing on the steps of the Supreme Court, in front of a loud and rowdy crowd, If you threaten them, it can be taken as nothing else, nothing other than a physical threat. If Donald Trump had shouted all of that into a microphone, what would be the repercussions? Impeachment, to say the least. 
then why the living hell is Chuck Schumer still in the United States Senate? I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. How how can he be the Senate majority leader? How can he be a senator? That man made a threat to the physical safety and well-being of two sitting justices, screaming that into a microphone in front of a crowd of rowdy supporters on the steps of the building that held those members, those justices. If Donald Trump had said those words, they would impeach him for that. After all, they're already impeaching him for saying something far less serious. For saying, we're going to walk down to the Capitol and we're going to cheer on our brave senators and congressmen and women. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. I mean, I, I, they're going to impeach the president tomorrow who's already out of office for cheerful or excuse me, peacefully and patriotically cheering on your brave senators, and they're going to let Chuck Schumer pass with, you're going to pay a price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. How the hell is Maxine Waters still in the United States House of Representatives? Did you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store? At a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd, and you push back on them, and you tell them. Uh, you want to continue to play the game of what about is among this one? It's pretty easy. It's already been done. Somebody, and I can't remember who, uh, tweeted in New York about a week and a half ago, after it was revealed that yet more horrific management of the pandemic led to more deaths, about 50% more than they were originally willing to cop to in that state because of Andrew Cuomo's decision to to force, not even recommend, but to force COVID patients to be into um, nursing home facilities where they would be housed with the most vulnerable people to COVID-19, among us, the elderly and infirm. Somebody tweeted and took those exact words of Maxine Waters and replaced the word Trump with Cuomo and said, if you see anybody from that Cuomo administration in a restaurant, at a gas station, in a department store, you create a crowd, in other words, a mob. And you push up on them. In other words, you push them around and intimidate them. And you tell them they're not welcome anywhere anymore. The reaction from the far left on Twitter was just off the charts. Oh, my God. 
Whoever this is, Twitter, you better ban this person forever. They're suggesting violence against members of the Cuomo administration and the Cuomo family. They went crazy. How could somebody dare suggest that mob violence be used to intimidate members of the Cuomo administration? And the silence, the deafening silence from them, after it was revealed that those were the words of Maxine Waters about Donald Trump, that silence was deafening. If you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. <sighs> I, you know, we say this from time to time, and it's worth saying again. It's not that the Democrats have no standards. It's just that they're all double standards. What is right for others is, is, or rather, what is right for them is not right for others. And what is punishable for others is not punishable for them. I would like to know how they can go forward with this impeachment tomorrow when they have the. In fact, let me give you one more example, real quick. You remember that that in the article of impeachment sent over by the House to the Senate for this trial, the only words that they have quoted President Trump with saying that they are calling an incitement to violence, an incitement to riot, an incitement to insurrection. The only words were the words, you've got to fight like hell. You remember this? We fight like hell. And if you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore. Fight like hell. If you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore. That incited the insurrection, they said, because he told people to fight. He told people to fight. Well, I would just like to share with you a longer version of the original fight montage that I put together literally right after January 6th. And tell me what you think of these. In the Senate, Democrats are going to fight like hell to make this a reality. Americans who took to the streets this week have demanded change. With this legislation, Democrats are heeding their calls. I want the people of Pennsylvania, the people all across this country to know that we are going to fight like hell to protect your vote, to secure your vote, and to make sure that your vote is counted. How confident are you that Kentuckians are going to have the ability to vote freely uh, in November? Well, I'll tell you, I'm confident that we're going to fight like hell to make sure they can. We are going to fight like hell to make sure that everyone who wants to vote can exercise that right to vote. This election is coming, whether the president wants it or not, and we're going to fight like hell in Congress to make sure that the mail still works. Today, Biden's VP Kamala Harris told supporters in a fundraising note that it is time to, quote, fight like hell to protect the Supreme Court following the passing of late Justice Ginsburg. That legacy of rights needs to be continued. I'm going to fight like hell. Speaking for myself, I'm going to fight like hell. Aaron, we're going to fight like hell. The reforms, we're going to fight like hell to get those reforms in. I, and I know many other senators and members of the House, will fight like hell to make sure that we act and act as soon as possible. I just have one thing to say about the next eight days. I'm going to fight like hell. They need a president who will go into the White House and will fight like hell to make sure they get the health care they need. Mitch McConnell believes that this fight is over. 
What Mitch McConnell does not understand is this fight has just begun. Fight if you're a Democrat. Fight like hell. But if you're Donald Trump, you're not allowed to fight. You can't start a fight if you're Donald Trump. You're inciting an insurrection. I want to see is at the end of this dog and pony show, this kabuki theater of an impeachment of a man for saying we've got to fight like hell for our country, is I want his smiling orange face on the front of every newspaper in America when he is acquitted again. We'll be right back. I gotta tell you, I'm in a fighting mood. I am. I am. I am just so over the double standards. I am so over the hypocrisy. I am so over the threats. I am so over the cancel culture. I'm just ready to fight, and I hope, and I know that President Trump's legal team will be ready to fight, but in truth, they don't have to. They shouldn't have to. All they should do really is not show up for this ridiculous dog and pony show tomorrow at all. Let them make all of their pronouncements about the president's statements. Let them play the audio because they can't, they don't have anything other than that audio. Let them do it. Let the Republicans in the Senate vote to acquit President Trump, which they most clearly and certainly will. And, and, uh, and, and let's just put his big orange face on the front of every paper. All right. He won't be on the paper on the front of every conservative website. Let's put it on TV and let's, you know, have him smiling with a great big hand gesture. One would be a thumbs up. Another suggestion might be to have another digit up instead. But that's kind of what I want because what they are doing to him is flat out criminal and I am ready to fight. So President Trump's uh, impeachment trial starts tomorrow. The Chuck Schumer impeachment trial has not yet been scheduled. And I submit to you once again that it should be. I, and I don't play games with that, seriously. I really don't. This is not a game. You think I'm just trying to do radio, it, 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 you know, funny radio. It's not. It is beyond frustrating. It is beyond aggravating. It is beyond disconcerting that 
somebody like Chuck Schumer can get away with physical threats, and that's exactly what it was, a physical threat against two sitting members of the United States Supreme Court because they had to be, had dared to be rather, nominated by and confirmed by President Trump to physically threaten them. You couldn't say he was threatening them with vote being voted out because they don't get elected and they don't run for re-election. Physically threatening them, and the idea that that has just gotten to pass is beyond uh, any comprehension that I can make, or that I have rather. I've I've just I've grown I've grown weary of trying to understand and exp- and uh, uh, and 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 discuss these things with these people, and I'm just ready to fight. And I'm going to continue to use that word perhaps more than we ever have before, because now that we know it is acceptable to say. Um, you're going to fight for something. You're going to fight for your rights to this or that. You're going to fight for your right to vote. You're going to fight for justice. You're going to fight for whatever it is that your cause is, as long as you're not Donald Trump. Now we know. That montage that I played for you last segment, that montage was either elected Democrats or left-wing members of the media. All one minute and 52 seconds of it, using the words fight like hell, the exact same words that Donald Trump is being impeached for using at the uh, speech on January 6th. Fight like hell. That was, that was, that was Schumer. It was, uh, uh, I, I can't even name them all now because it's irrelevant, but the point is they were all liberal Democrats, and all of, the, all of them were using the same language. So now we know that is what you have to do. And I'm going to tell you one other thing. I talked to Jim Jordan about this too. I, I said, how disappointed are you that Joe Manchin is not living up to his words? Why is he not walking the walk? How disappointed are you, rather, that he's not walking the walk uh, and following up the talk that he did? And he said, not necessarily disappointed as much as just not surprised. This is what they do. The supposed centrist slash moderate Democrats that we are hoping in the Senate will not cave into every far left radical demand uh, did not do it at least on the 1.9 trillion dollar uh, spending package, the COVID relief slash stimulus package. And so, since we know we're not going to be able to have the spirit of cooperation with people like that, and I'm hopeful that this is not an indicator of the way the next two years are going to be. I'm hopeful he won't walk back all of his statements about working with Republicans about opposing uh, packing of the court, abolishing the legislative filibuster, abolishing the electoral college. I'm hopeful that the next two years are not you know, dedicated to walking back all of those things, that maybe he'll come through on one or two of them. But the fact that he has already started off by caving into the far-left demands of Biden and Harris and the rest of the socialists in the uh, Democrat Party in the Congress makes me want to fight that much more. And I'm going to tell you again what I told the caller who brought this up before the uh, 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 1030 News. He said, did you see the MyPillow guy, Mike Lindell, and the uh, Absolute Truth video that he has put out there showing and exposing all of the evidence of the stolen election? And I said, no, I haven't, but I will tell you this. If the election was stolen the way most of us believe it was, whether we've seen that video or not, there is only one thing we can do. And that is to stop it from ever happening again. And that is within our power. You don't know what fighting is until you see millions of conservative Ohioans pounding on the doors. Virtually, not physically, because we know what that leads to. But virtually pounding on the doors of all of our members of the Ohio General Assembly. Making sure that we change the rules 
making sure that the legislatures of all Republican states, Republican legislatures, change the rules so that the same type of theft can never happen again. And if we don't fight like hell, as the president said we need to do, then what we get is what we deserve. We'll pick it up there with Peter Kersenow tomorrow on AM 1420, The Answer for today. Have a great one. Bye-bye.